Welcome to Belly Up to the Blackboard, a podcast focused on the reality of teaching and other musings from and about professionals, hosted by Chris Munn and Justin Russell. All right, we are back. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm just kind of watching Chris's daughter try to pull a tote from the top shelf. Without dropping it. <laughs> no pressure. Okay. Oh, nice. She gets that strength from her mom. Yep, definitely. <laughs> No girl push-ups for her. No, no girl push-ups. But hey, man, I haven't seen you for a while. I've talked to you on the phone or texted. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen you. It has been a while. Um, you've been back and busy. Back from the future. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the case. Um, yeah, and busy, busy, busy. Yeah, as always. It yeah, happens. Getting everything organized for the, the land. and Yeah, you, and new job. And you know how it is with two kids, man. Like I do know how it is. You consume 90% of your day. Yeah, our last week was rough. <laughs> Morgan started a new job. Yeah, she did. We had a track meet on Monday. Chase had a baseball game. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, Claire had a softball game. And Morgan had to work late. And then on Wednesday, Chase had a baseball game. Claire had a softball game. <laughs> Divide and conquer. And then Thursday, we had a so- or home home track meet. Well, yeah, and then you got this pesky thing called sleep. You're supposed to do a third of your day. and That don't happen. No, it doesn't. Especially with two labs that li- that sleep in the bed with us. It's oh. Even with a king-size bed, it just does yeah, not work. And that's impossible. Even as a teacher, like, I, yeah, I've been out of the profession for about a year, man, and I I actually get pretty nice sleep now still. Like, it's pretty good. I yeah? Like it. Yeah. Not, not stressing about things. And, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, what helps with that, it is... Have a drink or two, maybe. Yeah. Not that we always do it, but... Or a cerveza of some kind, yeah. Yeah. Today, what do you got going on, man? All right, today we got uh, Paps Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee. No, hold on. When in your life did you ever think you'd be sitting around and one of your top drinks was Paps? Yeah, Blue PBR Ribbon. me ASAP. <laughs> I mean, I know people used to drink it because it was inexpensive. Uh, you know, you talked to a lot of people our parents' ages, that's what they grew up with. Yeah, and now they got coffee. They got this one's hard coffee. I know they got like a vanilla, and they got a. Uh, oh, that's a good sound bite right there, <laughs> or like a caramel. I think you know it's great. This is awesome when you're camping. Oh, absolutely! We got the hard coffee going on original by Paps. Um, Ooh, there you go. You know they are a great example of what it's. It's a marathon, not a race. The, the tourist in the hair story, <laughs> like just running a steady rate. Like how long have they been around? They've been around. Oh, since a long what? time. Yeah, well, and they've got their their audience, and they just you know what that's mainstream who we sell to now, and they're but yeah, they're mainstream now. I mean, it's it's hard to go to any place right now and not find a Paps of some kind. Yeah, I know they had like at some point. I know there's places that had like crappy beer nights that that had Paps and stuff like that, and um, like hams or whatever. But then they ventured out. Geez, I don't know how many years ago it is now, but with the hard coffee and stuff like that, and the. You know you can't you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. I guess. <laughs> well, we're actually late by some standards, so <laughs> it is eleven oh six. So whatever, it's Sunday. And we don't have to work tomorrow. So no, good stuff. But yeah. if you guys never had this, if you like coffee and you don't, you know, you don't like actually the taste of beer, but you do like coffee, and I think this is a good, it's a good blend. Yeah, I, it's great. Like I said, for camp, like when you're camping and you got nothing going on, it doesn't hurt to have one. Or if you're tailgating, yeah. Right? It's great for tailgating. Oh, wonderful for tailgating. Yeah. So, uh, perfect. 
What's up? All right, so what do we? What's today's? What did we say today's topic was? Well, we so we had a myriad of options, but I think we settled on that money saving tricks and hacks, and uh, we may kind of uh, morph into some deeper conversation and some of that. But no, I think for the most part, this is a great time. We just came out of Christmas, right? Yep. Uh, New Year's. Everyone just spent a crap load of money. Their uh, credit card bills are coming in now, and we're trying to figure out how to rebudget for the summer, right? Well, and then you have spring break. That's um it's a little bit different now, but I know it used to be um, if your paycheck, we always get paid on the 20th, if it landed on the 20th and that was on spring break, you didn't get paid till spring break was over. Yeah. So now you have to stretch out that month to a month and a week. And I mean, when you're so used to budgeting for a month, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. Or you get paid ahead of time. Yeah, like we used to get paid like a week early. You before remember spring break, yeah. And then you had to stretch it out for, geez, it seemed even, you know, it's, it's longer like 10 than 10 days, yeah. basically. Actually. Yeah, it, it makes it tough for teachers to uh, to budget sometimes. So, yeah, so what do you have for, what are your money-saving well, tricks? I, or I, I think my thing would be is uh, let's, let's maybe name our top stores we like to go to or places we like to get teacher materials. Because, uh, I mean, another thing I just remembered was taxes. Yeah. Um, I think the IRS went away from uh, the teacher rebate this year. Really? Yeah, I didn't see because uh, normally it's like two fifty, two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, that's a bummer because I just bought some stuff. <laughs> I know, and but I'm pretty sure they just went away with it because I couldn't claim it. Um, but in any case, uh, no. So maybe we just list some of our top stores, and if those of you are listening and we don't mention one that you've got, you know, want to share, I, w- I would say email us, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and. Uh, Add that to the list because I, I think the more we can help each other as a community of teachers and educators, I think the better off we are, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest um, savings, I, I don't even say store, but on a day, I know there's some days where it's the teacher appreciation week or day, and a lot of places will give you discounts for teachers, and that's more for personal stuff, but yeah. um, I think they have discounts on um, like school supplies and stuff. Because and, we all know, um, if you're a teacher listening to this, is yeah, the school provides things, but sometimes you just have to buy it yourself. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I guess I don't say have to, but it's, it's just so much easier sometimes. And I hate, I hate that it is because like last week I just bought uh, a big box of um, black and blue Expo markers and erasers because yeah. we, we don't have any, our, we have none in our, um, yep. you know, our teacher supply area. And then just, it just seems easier. I mean, it's less of a headache. If I, if I just buy it myself and Amazon, it comes in a day. Yeah. But you would agree too. Like part of that hassle is not only making the order, but then you have to fill out a couple forms or whatever. And then if you go buy it yourself and want reimbursed, it could be what? Yeah. It's if you're lucky. I know a lot of times they say now, like odds are of you getting reimbursed if you buy something without, you know, getting it approved first or having them buy it. Odds of being reimbursed are just zero to none so yeah. i just when i buy something i just assume that it's not going to get reimbursed I, you no, know i i think and it's what's crazy is uh you know when i was younger there were several teachers who used to get like uh christmas cards or birthday cards right yep. and they would they would give them to students on obviously those events um but those came out of their own pocket too and i thought as a young teacher that was huge for that connection but then i got as i'm older it's like man that it's a lot of money yeah you know, especially if you buy a little 
trinket or something for in i can't i don't know what elementary or middle school teachers do because at high school that doesn't happen very often but man i can't imagine what those people spend elementary and middle school teachers on yeah now i know they do because they did this this year with the kids um of like they could they had a fundraiser and it was um, like you could buy the magazines yeah and this was to help like supply classrooms and stuff so you could buy the magazine subscription or whatever right. you could buy the overpriced candy yep um, or you could just donate. And yeah. so we ended up buying the magazines cause I figured out I, I don't need the candy yeah. obviously. Um, <laughs> and it's insanely expensive. Yes. You know, it's not worth it. No. Um, so I do the magazine subscriptions, but there's hey, quite a bit of money for their classrooms, which was awesome. I mean yeah. like, it was like yeah. over a thousand dollars or whatever for, yeah, I know there's one that had over like a thousand dollars they could use, Jeez, but, at least, yeah. um, but you're, yeah, you're talking about like buying a kid something, a little things to supply their own classes. Yeah, even if it was like a, a, Three dollar, four. Shoot, you can't buy anything under you know five dollars really anymore. That's not like a garage sale trinket item, right? But like, yeah, yeah. You know, but still, there's places. So I would say uh, my obvious top one, and this is for just personal and for teaching, would have been Dollar Tree. Oh yeah, yeah, by far. Uh, I mean, anyone who's ever been to one. Now, yes, I agree. It did suck when they went up a quarter. So now they're yeah, no it's a dollar twenty five. Dollar twenty five percent more now. I'm spending, but um. I, I, I do challenge anybody to go into that store and, and not spend $25. Oh, I mean, they got poster board. They oh, got all sorts gosh, of stuff there. It's, it's unreal. But you get so much crap. Like, um, yeah. I remember when you and I were uh, doing uh, collaborative uh, lessons and projects. That's where we got all of our stuff. Poster yeah, boards, yeah. We, markers. It was and, last year. We went and yeah. bought... God, I don't know how much stuff. And then it was like, oh, look, they got the, uh, <laughs> the like, what is it, Sunkiss or no, Starkiss tuna, like packs or whatever. Yep. It was like, well, if we ever need something and we don't have For lunch. A quick lunch or, you know, your oh, yeah. a they, kid comes in over their lunch and, and your lunch and wants to do a little extra help. and There's you, all sorts of stuff yep. they've got there. It's it's yeah. definitely worth it. It's so. great. Um, I would say that's mine. Now, um, not everything is cheaper. You know, like if you wanted to get plates, Tableware, yeah. Walmart, Target have the fifty cent ones, but I think that's just part of being a, a savvy shopper too. Yeah, uh, knowing where to go and, um, I, yeah, for me it's a lot of times it's Amazon just for the fact that the, yeah, it's the convenience of it. Turn around in one or two days if you you know, and then you don't you can just buy it there and then not have to worry about going anywhere. Yeah, some items they have the uh, renewal discount right like so you can uh if you get it like on a monthly basis oh yeah like subscription we, yeah, subscription yeah. Yeah, like it's it cheaper, cheaper to do it that yeah. way yeah um i would say if it's like a bulk item like pencils dry erase those things yeah. i'd almost say like sam's or costco i found the best deal if you go in with it, like another teacher too yeah or a couple oh, teachers bulk. yeah you just yep. buy bulk like that um now obviously some of you out there teaching at some schools that have uh, a better funding stream than than we did. You probably don't have some of these issues, but I have um, no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, money out of your own pocket. But no, I, I think in today's world, uh, it's so important to be able to have some of those tricks and hacks and those things. Yeah, and, and I would say I bet you a majority of teachers, yeah, buy things whether their school provides a bunch for them. I mean, I think I bet you a lot of them buy stuff for, yeah. whether it's decorations for the room, yeah. extra supplies. Yep. I'd almost say 90% probably, I would think. Maybe, now, it's, maybe it's higher. I would say another way to fund expenditures as a teacher is those uh, crowdfunding. Uh, oh, yeah. What's the one, what's the main one that everybody uses now? Yeah, it's something like my classroom or something. Well. Um, right, isn't it? The it's one a website. It's, yeah, uh, there's two of them. There's one that's, uh, it's like a fun, fun my classroom or 
uh, teachers, whatever. No, that's teachers pay teachers. Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty good site too. If you're looking for lesson plans, um, I've bought several things from there. Worksheets, just even classroom decorations are always nice. Um, but then there's the other one that everyone uses for uh, like personal fundraisers too. What's that other one? That's what I'm checking out. Oh my gosh! Hey, hey, you know what? Oh, donors choose is one. Yes, donors choose is the big one. Now I've used oh, that adopt one. a classroom is another one. I've used donors choose. I know yeah. Casey's has a classroom initiative, right? Casey's will donate. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if it's specifically classrooms, but it's like um, community community projects. I think like Home Depot does, and yeah. uh, Shields does. No, Shields. Um, not Shields. Uh, Fleet Farm. Fleet Farm does it. All right, so here you go. Nine teacher donation sites. There you go. While teaching can be rewarding and life-affirming profession, educators sometimes feel frustrated when schools are unable or unwilling to fund the provision of new technologies, teaching supplies, or training programs for staff or, or cutting staff. Talk about that later. <laughs> um, I'm not going to endorse any of these because I don't know. I just pulled it up. Um, Classful, website designed to allow teachers to collect funding and donations for their classrooms. Um, funds for teachers, another one, aims to invest in teachers' professional development and growth to boost teacher su- or student success rates. What are you doing? I'm adjusting my mic. Maybe well, you should get louder on the, with on, it, would well, you? Get on the mixer board and turn this off. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, National Endowment of the Humanities could provide opportunities to travel to broaden your horizons yeah, and learn I've new things. Yeah, that one. Oh, maybe I should look at that one. I read, I read on that one. Um, there was classes that were trying to take uh, trips to the New York History Oh, uh, do you have to take your museum? kids, though? Well, not your personal kids. No, but like your students. Uh, I would imagine you have to take Trips at least can be one taken domestically but or abroad. I think that would be seen as either inappropriate, probably. Let's see. Let's read this. Trips can be taken domestically or abroad, and all expenses will be paid, including accommodation, air travel, daily meals, and excursions. Making the most of this opportunity could help to develop your teaching practice by opening you up to new ideas and cultures. This sounds like you don't have to take the kids in the classroom. I'm pretty sure there's got to be some benefit to the students. Like, you well, can't yeah. just be, you can't be going and taking Instagram photos of you sunbathing somewhere. <laughs> that would not be good. Um, it'd be an OnlyFans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we're not endorsing I, that one as a fundraiser. How to fund my classroom. No, it broadens your horizons is what it does. You I'll, have a lot of horizons to broaden. I'm going to bookmark that one. You better bookmark that one. The National Endowment of the Arts is one. Yep. Um, if you're an art teacher. No. Are you an art teacher with ideas of I'm for a new project to involve your students? I, I can't handle that. Get, <laughs> Get Ed Funding is an invaluable site that helps educators and schools identify the kinds of funding they need when finances get tight. Hint, hint, hint. So you're saying there are some third-party educational resources out there to review. That's crazy. This says uh, funding when finances get tight. Through a special grant finding search tool, oh. the site hosts thousands of grants for educational purposes, including awards for outstanding educators, grant for teachers in need, opportunities for an array of public and private schools, grants for administrators. Oh, you know, is that how we could pay administrative that, positions? That is one and thing. Special though, educational I've, programs. I've noticed though, like there's a lot of districts you don't have somebody who does grant writing. Well, let's just hire another. Let's just hire another administrator to do it. Well, I, I, yeah, and um, I mean, there's big districts that I think hire like there are big districts, and but they do them like uh, contractors. They're like subcontractors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I can't remember where I was. I thought there was like a, a team. Like there was like three or four teachers that received a stipend. 
And that's all they did was look at grants. That's probably cut. It's probably cut, yeah, because, I mean, the stipend's too expensive, right? Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> got other things to pay for. Uh, <laughs> Teach.com is another one. The McCarthy Dressman Education Foundation. Mm. And then okay. Donors Choose. Yeah, Donors Choose. Um, I know they're supported by, um, is it Horace Mann? Yeah, I think it is. Um, you should know. They come and present every year. Yeah. Um, Oprah Winfrey plugged the site on her television show. Donors Choose? Yeah. Yeah, I've used Donors Choose before. I have I, not. I like it. Maybe, maybe I need it's to. It's good. I, I think I got like, I think I did, uh, I ordered a bunch of project materials for something several years ago. For did, well, I'm well, going to go ahead and share the site on our uh, um, our Twitter account. Now, the caveat to these are they are great sites, right? And they're wonderful initiatives. Just be aware that all of them have different requirements to yeah. apply and then also afterwards. So I know what donors choose when I did, and it may have changed. This was several years ago, but we had to uh, document. I had to take pictures, and then um, I was supposed to take a video of the activity that was happening with yeah, those materials yeah. and then submit it to them. They just they use it because it's nice for those who actually invest in it um, to see their return on that. So um, we did make thank you cards to the donors as well. But uh, no, there, I think I think there's a lot of wonderful sources out there. I know schools have gotten really um, keep talking differentiated or very creative in the way they've done fundraisers. Um, everything from chili cook-offs clear to different types of auctions um, to working different types of events, you know, where funding gets reversed. So um, I think the idea is, though, is teachers already have a limited amount of extra time. Wouldn't you agree? And I, I think it would be way more beneficial for districts to figure out how to um, figure out ways to take that off teachers' plates. Well, I mean, if, if you have enough people in administration. Yeah. That that could be one of their duties. I yeah, mean, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. To help limit cutting teachers. Yeah, what's funny to it's me funny. is uh the idea is that teachers are asked to do 12 different things and be good good at them, right? Yep. And great. Um and then as you move up that ladder of uh profession professionalism in education, it seems like the obligations get more singular in the idea that in order to do it well, you can only do one thing. Right. That's <laughs> so, crazy how that works. So I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. Um, you know, you, you'd think in the beginning as a teacher in the profession of education, you'd only want one thing, which is teaching your students. Yes. Um, that but, sounds like a good plan to me. And would, then, and then adding more responsibility. Yeah. But it seems like after you sign that contract, here's the 12 pages of obligations and requirements of your job. Yeah. And, uh, most of them don't have to do really with anything with being a teacher. Now, what would you call that? Like, I'm trying not negative. Uh, I'm trying. It's a math term. I'm trying to think what it is. Positive correlation, negative correlation. Yeah, okay. there you go. Perfect. So, like, yeah. Tell tell me this: if your if your salary goes up and your responsibilities go down, I think that's called a negative correlation. It might even be an inverse correlation. Oh, inverse, <laughs> possibly. Somebody can help us out with that. Whoever's a, a math expert out there, because we are not. <laughs> we are not. We are hanging on. <laughs> I am hanging on. Justin's gone. Uh, whatever whatever YouTube shows us the morning of that lesson, we uh I we think it's a negative correlation. On. One goes up, one comes yes, down. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. There's your math lesson for today. As your salary goes up, 
your responsibilities go down. So in case you haven't caught on, we are talking about money tricks and hacks and, and ways as a teacher to save money at this time of year. There are also ways like shopping. I do know there's a ton of stores out there that give discounts to teachers yeah. on a regular basis. Under Armour just popped up on my web, <laughs> on my email. Well, that's one. They are a great one. They are a wonderful one. Um, Eddie Bauer's another one, Columbia. Yep. Um, there's a bunch of like restaurants there's a bunch of auto insurance policy like there's a plethora of things out there um, and so i do think as a country we've we've started to move in the right direction about acknowledging the the type of person it takes to be a teacher right and what that what that toll takes yeah and, and you you do start to hear too of like you know whether it's politicians or whoever it is like that teachers aren't getting paid enough yeah. Without the teacher profession, you don't have any other professions. And they're starting to say, like, well, teachers should get be paid, getting paid a lot more money and things like that, and which is great to hear, and, but you got to see it, right? I mean, I'm not going to... Com- I'm not going to complain if they yeah. want to pay us more money, but... You know, what's, uh, what's funny is the argument always is, is that teacher pay is pretty, pretty, what, comparative among districts. But the problem is comparable to other professions and the amount of stress, mental health. I, yeah. I I mean, I haven't seen the numbers, but I even say that the divorce rate is higher than most professions as a teacher. Yeah. Well, you and know, as like, you can see, you know, continue to see, um, you know, school shootings due to like the mental health crisis. Yeah. And we're not going to touch on that subject right now, maybe later, but in a different episode, but stress wise, I mean, that's an increased stress. I, and I know, yeah. like, maybe me, maybe I catch myself a little bit, but I, I definitely know of other teachers that, you know, when there's a school shooting somewhere else across the country, that next day or two days, I think their cortisol levels, levels are drastically higher because they're stressed out, like, because you always hear about a copycat and things like that, yeah. and it could happen anywhere. Yep. <clears throat> so I think you add, you know, you add that onto it. But um, yeah, and you would agree. Like, obviously, these are our opinions. I mean, we're we we're not medical experts. We haven't read up on statistics. But from our experience in child development and working in education for as many years as we have, there are some conclusions that we feel comfortable making, and that yeah. is there is a crisis with mental health regardless oh. of we want it regardless of the factors what we you know what we personally believe is contributing i think we could all agree from top down there is a mental health issue oh yes. absolutely well i mean you look if you're a teacher i i would state and this is just my opinion 100 percent that you could pick out mental health issues that aren't being taken care of yes not taking care of either at a level that we have as educators have expressed they need to be or just missed. Right. Because statistically, and this is a statistic that's out there is, is that it almost takes eight years from the moment a child is identified as having some type of quote unquote disability before it's addressed fully. And that, I mean, you have to go through the whole evaluation process. In itself is sad that a kid at the age of six yeah. Could be identified as having some type of disability, yeah. whether that's mental health, trauma, whatever. Um, and it's eight years. They're almost basically a freshman yeah. before a school district fully comprehends and takes action. Yeah. 
And that leads us back to our topic of yeah. There's a lot of mental health in the you yeah. know yeah. So stressors on teachers. Yep. We, we went off on a tangent. There. We did. We always do. Well, so be, you're used just, to it by now. You can tell which things we're passionate about though too. Oh, because, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but in any case, yeah, we did. But so, yeah. as far as teacher hacks go, I think there's ways to save money to help alleviate that stress. Oh, yeah. Um, shopping. There's also, like I said, insurance, auto, um, the, even amusement parks. There's some amusement parks that will give discounts to teachers. The places I that I use a bunch, uh, the website, and this is where you get through with, like, um, Under Armour and a lot of those, is ID.me. Yes. So, um you know, it's for firefighters, military, teachers, nurses, things like that. Um, if you go to that and you enter your information and they verify your um, your identity, I guess, there's so many different deals for teachers. Yep. And I think GovX is another one where... That's the other one I was thinking of, yeah. Um, if you're a government employee, I know it's a lot of it's military, but like government employee, technically teachers are. Um, so you could use that one as well. And I know yep. they have concert tickets on that and, and yep. all sorts of different things. So. Yep. That's I know um, ID.me is one that I we use. A and bunch, I would trust. That's one I trust because I've used it before. It was highly recommended. It's been vetted. Yep. Um, I mean, there's so many scams out there. So I obviously don't give any personal information away yes. until you're able to vet those. But ID.me is vetted. It. I mean, cell phone companies. They all use it. Yep, a lot of them will um, give you a, a discount. I know US Cellular does. I get a discount on ours um, because I'm a. I don't know if it's because I'm a, a teacher or a government employee. I think it's yeah. government employee, possibly. Yep. If you use any other service, just make sure you ask that service provider. That So, like, if you want to use another website at Verizon, just make sure you ask Verizon, like, hey, is this a true deal before you do it? Because, like I said, there's so many ways to lose money um, and yeah, be scammed. Yeah, scammed. Um, but otherwise, I think that's a good way to s- – <laughs> not saying that scam is a good segue. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that I, I think – saving money it's kind of a good segue to the underlying topic that we've been alluding to several times here which is um in our perspective as educators chris uh what are some issues you see with districts and how they uh are stewards of taxpayer money um well i think one thing that some districts struggle with until they're caught is transparency Oh, absolutely. I and what does that mean to you, transparency? Like, yeah, let's, let's I mean, kind of be clear about that, because yeah. it can take many forms, right? It's very vague. Yeah, yeah it's a very vague statement. So, um, you know, money comes in, money goes out every year. Mm-hmm. You know, unless somebody is asked, where, how do we know where that money is being spent? Or if all of a sudden a district, yeah, district's losing money, you know, let's talk about how that, where to go, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. got to be held accountable for things like that. And um, and I think that's where some public interest and, and the problem is you have districts sometimes where, um, and a lot smaller districts too, of they had, you know, the people that live there, they've had kids already in there and now their ki- their kids aren't in the district anymore. So they don't really pay much attention. They're just in the district boundaries. Um, so, so they're not really asking the questions. Yeah. And I think that's a big one is, is transparency of, you know, where's the money being spent? Yep. We're, we're cutting money. Okay. We need to. You know, tighten the belts a little bit. Where are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Um, And just that explanation to where it makes sense. You know, because if you're not in the inner workings of making these decisions, whether you're a teacher in the district, whether you're um, just a resident in the district, and you see, you know, social media is terrible just because people ask questions or, like, make statements, whether they're true or not. And um, there's so many different rumors that happen. And, 
um, if you're not transparent of like why you're doing this and why it makes sense to do it a certain way as opposed to another way, um, you're always going to have that question. So I think the biggest thing is to be able to come out and say, this is why we're doing it this way. This is what where we're saving the money, why we're cutting these things and not these things. Mm-hmm. Um, because it raises a lot of questions and a lot of trust issues. Oh, absolutely. If you don't do that. And I, I think you're you're right. And I, I, I'm actually going to go a little bit farther down that rabbit hole just for 30 seconds. Indulge me. I, th- I think it's a larger failure of our academic system in general that we don't teach personal finance. People, yeah. people do not understand that where school's revenue stream comes from. They think it's these once a year fundraisers that and schools yeah. run on five thousand. <laughs> Woo, we reached our goal of five grand for the no, yeah. it takes way more money than that. Yeah. Like and the idea that you could go the lot down the line of a hundred people in any district and go, Hey, how much does your school receive from state and federal taxes? Yep. I don't know that. I, yeah, you I don't, I don't know. know that. And specifically nope. for the, the community I live in, the school district I live in. That's where that transparency is so important, right? Yeah. Like that should probably be published to every resident in the school district yeah. because it is their money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, if, if a school district builds a brand new stadium or like does something like that, but all of a sudden they're cutting teacher positions yeah. as well at the same time, people are like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. How, how do we have money for the stadium? Yep. Yet we're cutting people. Well, so people don't know that a lot of times there's different buckets of money. Yes. Like for funding, I you can pay for specific things and you can't pay for other things. So that new stadium or whatever it is came out of one bucket that couldn't be paid for. Like you can't yes. pay teacher salaries out of that. No. But they don't know that. No. And the other thing they don't know is a great, a great example of all those buckets is many, many school districts have uh, athletic boosters. Mm-hmm. And the athletic boosters are responsible for every club's money. Whether that is book club, clear to what anything that is extracurricular that runs at that district that has been funded by that, the boosters, by the because they have their yeah. own, like yeah, unless they have their own, right? You're well, right. Yes, like yeah. the school has certain accounts for those, like um, for those sports, right? Yes, but there's also they have a second, which is their booster account. Yes, so yeah, and the booster clubs all like any fundraising that goes from boosters or any money they raise. Yes, yeah, it that's goes a in great. That no, yep. that's a great. Yeah, that's a great uh, uh, correction. Thank you. But what I'm getting at is you can go to a, a, a meeting of, of that, right? And you can see exactly how much money is in each bucket. Yes. And you know without a shadow of a doubt that that is the money that each bucket or each club is able to draw from. Yeah. Um, whether that is from the school or whether that is from fundraising, whatever. You can't find that for a school day unless you should dig. Like, you literally personally yeah. have to dig. And you may need to do a FOIA request, which it, is Freedom it, of Information Act. Yes, yeah. to get that, which you shouldn't ever have to because it's public info. Like, yes. it, it should be something where I can click on a link somewhere. On the website. And find yeah. it right away. And as a person thinking in business terms, if I invest, let's say I invest in Coca-Cola once a year, they have to have yeah. a shareholder meeting. And at that shareholder meeting, guess what they release? Full transparency. <laughs> here's what we did with your investment dollars. Here's the return. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're hoping it happens. You go to a school board meeting, when do they ever tell you, here's what we did with your money. Here's what we're hoping to do with your money next year. Here is the return you got on your money. Yeah. And if you ask any district leadership member, hey, 
when a student t- uh, who who costs let's say ten thousand dollars a year, right? You receive ten thousand dollars a year for a student, yep. and they're there for twelve years. At the end of twelve years, what is the return on investment? What's that student doing with all of that money for the last twelve years? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, um, and th- and that can't be answered. No, they graduated. That's the return on investment. <laughs> like that means nothing. You know, and and speaking of like, what's the investment on that student? And this is off topic, so tangent number two here, or whatever it is. Um, that I've heard, and maybe I'm speaking out of my rear that like the state of Iowa is talking about possibly doing like um, where they have to test out like certain grades and then like a test for graduate like a state test that you have to meet to actually graduate and I know I think Indiana does that there's several states that do yeah. it now yeah so it's like there you could say okay this kid passed this kid knows all the stuff is that your return investment on that student I don't know that's what I'm asking yeah that's what I'm saying so is, like is a district should be able but but a but district should be, should be able, able to, to answer. And this is where the money's at. Even if it is your mission statement, right? If you're if so a district leadership sh- person comes by and says they met all the criterion that our mission statement says, okay. But then what does that look like? Like if your mission statement is teaching every student a well round blah blah blah, yeah. like okay. But what are your metrics? You're measuring that on. Prove it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, just like a business. I spend money at a business. I invest in a business. I should know what they're doing with my money. And, and here's my question. Do you then we just don't pay attention? Have the you, school? I've never, yeah. Have you ever gotten anything? I Not that I can recall. As a, as a teacher in a district, have you ever gotten anything that explains? I've like, lived in a specific community for eight years. Yeah. Never once have I received anything from that school district I, saying. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. To be clear, you don't have a student in that district or anything. No. But you're a taxpayer in that but district. But I'm a taxpayer in that district. Yeah. And not once have I ever received. I've received invitations for fundraisers. Of course. To give more money. Oh, yeah. Um. But not once, not once have I said that we bought, thank you for your, thank you for being a part of our district with your tax money or with your donations or whatever. We were able to buy 12 boxes of Kleenexes, yeah. a pencil bag for every student, like none of that, like nothing. Like it, just it's it, your you, obligation to pay. Here, and maybe they should have send out like a, a, uh, a yearly school or taxpayer transparency statement or something something right. now now granted those of you out there who are an admin or leadership are going to go well people aren't going to believe it they're going to think that uh, we made it up yada 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 that doesn't matter but it doesn't matter because you have a factual sheet to yes. go off of that everyone's looking at um and they don't have to wait to get to that board meeting and say what are you doing with our money and then you all are sitting up there with like deer in the headlights look going uh, we didn't prepare for that question. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check that. We'll circle yeah, back. We'll circle back. The favorite, favorite response of a lot of leadership. No, um, but no, I, I agree. Cause I mean, like you said, or like when you get students that come into the district, yeah, you're open enroll students that come from other districts, you get a certain amount of money for those students. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the money coming in. Yeah. Now let's say that student has behavior issues special education student, whatever it may be, then all of a sudden that student has to get shipped out somewhere else from mm-hmm. our district. Yeah. How much, so what's what's the money coming in versus the money going out? Yeah, and even if we were going to do simple cash method, so like Chris just said, debits, 
in income. And credits. And credits, yeah. If we were going to do those two terms, again, it comes back to that fundamental thing I said earlier about we just in education don't teach anything about personal finance. No. Most of us can't even balance a checkbook anymore or a debit card statement because that was not taught to us explicitly. And maybe it was. Maybe there was an explicit lesson. But if I remember you and I, we graduated pretty close to the top of our class. I I and I goofed around a lot, trust me. Yeah. Um, and Chris, same, was, same, Chris, same, Chris and I could admit to that, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, there was never a personal finance. There's class. no class called. Now, they might have hit like a few things maybe, yeah. but rarely. And they do um, a little bit of that now, but the standards and benchmarks for that class are so high level, they're more of a business type class. Yes, it's not for personal. It's more like... Yes. It's a business class. Like taking out loans, yep. the percentages. Uh, we could go down the line of that all day long. But, yes, so beyond the tangent that we just went down, I think districts for so long have operated in this metric that we're going to run a debt. We're going to take – we have a playbook of how we cut cost. Yep. And most of the time for the last 25, 30 years, we've only had a few people – question it that's the problem but now and i think you would agree too chris is is that that's no longer the case the playbook they have now is being questioned some some might some might but i think a I lot think, of it has increased the questions that oh have, yes yes i think so too because when you see it when the large amount of money that needs to be cut gets increases then they're like well hold on a second how, when it's such a big number. Yes. Now, if it's like $100,000 a year and things like that, it, to where it doesn't seem like a lot for a district, right? right. But when that number gets higher and yeah. 10 times that, yep. maybe, then it's like, okay, where'd, where'd the money go? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And now you do. Yep. But you still see people not, like, have no clue. No. Not invest in it because their kids don't go to the school. They just right. live in the district. Yep. Or, like... People that are passive and are like, nah, that's what we're doing. Yep. No, you're right. You um, so kind of to move on past where we where we went here, um, we'll, let's circle back. I always want to circle back to how do we help new teachers? Yes, so those absolutely. teachers within we... the first to five years or those looking to get into education because it shouldn't be all doom and gloom. But here are here are some maybe hazard uh, lights. That we sh that new teachers should look for when they're in a job app, uh, process yeah. application process, like in that interview, what are maybe some questions that they could bring up in the interview to ensure that they're moving into a district that is not necessarily financial secure because I don't think a district ever is financially secure. Yeah, there's so many moving parts. And like Whether you're in a wealthy district or a low income, I don't think a district is ever going to say, whoa, 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 we have way too much money. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but, I what, but what are some things that that teacher in, a, in an interview can ask? Um, and then also, what are some things that they could do to ensure um, that their program and students may not be majorly affected if those cuts and things come? Um, I think one thing that they, they need to ask is, I've never asked this, and I don't know, maybe it's taboo to ask is, um, you know, is there is there funding for the supplies or how much funding does each teacher oh, get yeah. for supplies for yeah. the classroom? Um, <clears throat> because then I think it goes on to that next part of, like, what can they do to kind of ensure is whether you know off the top of your head of what you need, 
double it, honestly. Um, like for money for or, or supplies you need. You know, if you have a certain chunk of money, use that. Use yeah. it all. You know, you're like, well, I don't really need it. You will need it. The Absolutely. year goes a lot farther than you ex- you know yeah. you think. And um, another thing would be to do is just to, <clears throat> and I'm just thinking like supply wise and everything is. Heck, even just research. Hey, what third grade teacher supply list, whatever it yeah. may be, and just so you have everything you need and whatever you get for especially pencils, triple, triple, triple it. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. But I think like to. And your second part was about like avoid the cut right. Well, avoid the um, the setbacks or the uh, negatives of a district cut, right? Not necessarily cutting a teacher, but just expenditures. Like, you know how that happens. Yeah, right? yeah. Like you can't afford to do, you can't do this and things like that. Field trips are canceled next year because they're just not in the budget. That yeah, type of thing. And yeah. that's another thing where like, if you can plan out, and as a young teacher, it's hard because you're just. Flying by the seat of your <laughs> <Yes>. pants. <laughs> even a fifth-year teacher's flying by. Yeah, the- <laughs> I mean, even teacher, you know, as you get older. But um, creating a list of things that you need and may not be supplies. Like, what are th- some things you want or what do you want to right. do? And then figure out, like, cost per pupil or whatever it may be. And, and then that's where you use those sites of get grants. I mean, you don't have money now. That's a good point. If you don't apply for the grant, you're not going to have money. If yeah, you apply for the grant point. you don't get it, you don't have the money. But yep. You're not going to get it unless you try. Yeah, absolutely. So as much as you can, I would try those. I haven't personally yet, but I know there's a lot of people that it's the donors choose to to help um, cover their classroom costs and things like that. And they're great sites and a lot of people do it. And and I, I want to, I just hate asking for money. I do too. And then it's a lot, it's a process is long. I mean, it, it takes a couple hours to three hours. You got to take pictures. You have to have parents sign release sometimes (laughs) if it's a certain field trip where they require photos of your students, you know? Um, But you're right. I I think it goes back to the time amount that we have as educators. We don't have it. Like, no, you don't have it on the clock. I mean, you got time off the clock, which is another thing of like, some districts expect you to work off the clock. Like, yeah. that's what you should be doing. Yep. That's If you're a good teacher, yep. you know, yep. when I was a teacher, yeah, I'd know. work on my weekends. Well, that's great, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. And that was, yeah, and especially as a new teacher. And we, we talked about in earlier episodes. I think a first-year teacher, first through third-year teacher, that is the hardest profession time in anybody's life. Um because not only are you managing this new profession where you're expected to be a golden apple teacher, yep. um, but you have a personal life. You have your own mental health life. You have relationship life. If you're somebody who got married in college, you may have kids now for yeah. the first time. Um, well, I, yeah. and I think that's where, um, as young teachers, you know, before we had kids, we were, um, you'd go in on the weekend, like, oh, spend a couple hours. I know I'd, you know, if it was a Saturday in the fall, I'd, put a football game on the projector while I'm yeah. working. Um, and now it's, it takes time. And I think that's almost like expected of young teachers. Yeah. It's like unsaid, they, they still do it. Yeah. Um, but now as I get older and I'd be interested, like if I went back, would I do this now? I'm like, it's, it's three o'clock. It, you know, <laughs> if, if it's not a season I have practice, yes. yeah. like I'm going to go home and spend time with my kids. Yeah. It, I'm going to go it, pick them up early. I'm going to go do something with them. Yeah. yeah. This will be here when I get back tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not going to stress myself on a weekend. 
I'm going to enjoy the time with my family and enjoy the time off. And that's yeah. that's where you need that. So, so to uh, conclude, uh, those are great points. So you would say in the interview question, a good question to ask is... Is, is there money... Um, set aside for supplies. For supplies. Is, is there a budget or yeah. how, how do we get supply? How do we supply our room? What is the process for that? That's Correct. a great question. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you were talking about it is hard to plan ahead as a first year teacher. Absolutely. I agree. Like even a week. Yeah. Like it is extremely hard to plan a week. Oh, yeah. Um, but I will say this though, like, and I'm cutting you off. No, you're fine. But um, I also remember like as a, as a new teacher, you got all these like grand ideas, <laughs> yeah. right? You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. We're going to go on a field trip. We're going to go out into space, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe that's where like you write those giant ideas down. Okay. And how am I going to fund them? So like if you do are able to, yeah. they're funded. If not, try again next year. But maybe that's, yep. maybe that's the way to look at it is like, you're young. You've got all this energy. <laughs> you got all these, like I said, grand ideas. Yep. Find a way to fund them and maybe it'll work. Yep. No, I, I love those. Two. I love those ideas, man. That was great. What about you? Um, so we can end with you talking about. That's fine. No. So playing off of your idea in that interview, I think that's a great question, and it really sparked this this question, which is. Um, Knowing now that most districts have what they call kind of like a petty cash. Yeah. So there's a certain amount that you don't have to requisition for. That's another pain in the butt. Um, But if you can ask that in the interview, say, hey, I know most districts, um, you have to requisition for resources above a certain dollar amount. Otherwise, it's just kind of you let the administrative assistant know they tell you to send them a website and they just buy it. Correct. What, What is that amount? If you don't mind me asking. Could it be fifty dollars? Is a hundred? And then I would say take advantage of that because a lot of times that's unlimited. <laughs> so yeah. if you need pencils, Kleenexes, markers, instead of just going out and buy them, just be like, "Hey, I know I can spend up to fifty dollars without requisitioning. Here's the Amazon website. Yeah, let's can we get those ordered? And they'll be there like tomorrow or the day after. That, right? That's great. That's a great idea because when you have to get into the PO process, yeah. it's such a pain in the butt. It's almost like ah, I don't really need it that bad. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's it great. It's like launching a rocket ship. Yeah. I mean, all the boxes you got to fill out and oh, info, gosh, and yeah. it's just so if you can if you can get that figured out quickly, and even a veteran teacher now, that might be something you never knew about. Go do it because administrative assistants will always be happy to tell you. Yeah, you yeah. need to make them your best friends. Yeah, make them your best friends because those are the custodians. Oh, absolutely. Um, great points there. And the lunch ladies are yep, and men if yep. if there are lunch um, people. <laughs> lunch people. It, that sounds like you know like. A negative kind, con- like the swamp people. You know what I mean? Like, like no, I, 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 I lunch people. It just sounds weird. Um, but anyhow, um, and then my second piece of advice um, came from where you were talking about planning out and budget and or uh, figuring out cost. Yeah. Um, we were talking about grants and other ways. Another good resource for funding is there are so many businesses come, what is it? Uh, February and March, even in December, who are looking for tax write-off opportunities, um, that they will give you checks. Um, So that's another question probably to ask in the interview is, hey, I have ideas and I have people who are willing uh, to make donations um, knowing that we need money or I need money for classroom stuff. Like, what is the process for that? Now, some districts are really easy. They're like, yep, just collect the check, let the business office know there's a form, et cetera. Yeah. 
There's others who are like, sorry, any donation we receive goes in the general fund. That has yeah. to be used for everybody in the building. And that's frustrating. And that is completely frustrating because if you get somebody who's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you $10,000, um, but it has to go to this specific thing. And you're yeah. like, oh, shoot, I can't take that because yeah. it has to go on the general fund. And then the, the district has to decide how to spend that. Like, you're going to lose it. You yeah. lose $10,000 because of a district policy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, if it's if their business is within the um, district, you may want to talk to your administration too before reaching out, because I, I know a lot of local businesses get hit, hit multiple yes. times for like donations and things like that. So that's you got to be careful. Yeah, they may already way. have a list. They may already have people that, that don't. But what I'm saying is, is if you have friends that are, oh, are yes. business owners or you know, like your father-in-law is a farmer and he needs a tax write-off for the year. Those would be great ways to um, help fund, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, and, and you know it's going for a good cause. Now, obviously, you need to follow the law and you can't just pocket it. But, Correct. <laughs> um, or do a party bus for the staff. That's yeah. probably a no-no. It'd be but, fun, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, those are my two ideas. Other than that, um, I think if you can if you can find an, a, t- a retiree teacher or if you know one that's retiring, yeah. Um, I know the last thing on their mind is probably anything in education, but they'd probably be a good resource to tap into to be a grant writer. It's yeah. something they could just do on their own time. Um, or people that are leaving, um, and this is before the sharks start to circle. <laughs> it's like if you know somebody leaving your district or your building, it, it, this is bad. This may not be great, but like hit them up first. Hey, are you gonna? What are you gonna do with this? Yeah, and then you get free. You, know. you get free stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or hey, you're leaving. Can you put an order in for materials? Yeah. Oh, I like. You that. know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's a good. You idea. still have you still have department money. Do you, would you mind like? Yeah. Because it's in the building. Um, but in any case, uh, some ideas. Uh, I'd also say, not everybody is approachable or likable. I understand that, but if you can in your building befriend your administrator. And you get to the point where uh, you guys are on really good terms. Um, that administrator will go to bat for you a lot of times on materials and resources. Yeah. Like, and, and then you know when they tell you no, it's not them personally going no. It's it's the step above I got, them. Probably. I got from the above step that yeah. um, they, they're saying no. Okay, I I can trust that you're telling me the truth. Yeah. That that you're. It costs nothing to be nice. <laughs> we'll say that. Yes, or you know what's hilarious is. Um, there was a study that said what teachers exhibit, I think it's like three or four of the characteristics of uh, um, what the DSM says is a uh, uh, psychopathic psychopath or, or something like that. Yeah, you know, faking narciss- or narcissistic sometimes, faking empathy, those types of things. Um, now, we've had to fake empathy before, I'm sure. Uh, well, I think it's just part of the job, too, especially with all the baggage we have. I mean, yeah. let's, be, let's be honest. All of us come, as educators, come with baggage and... Our personal lives rule our day and our motions, and so yeah. But all right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, if you have any questions, please reach out to us or um, topics. Yeah, topics. Yeah, we would love to hear a topic. Um, so, we we'll just talk. come up with the stuff on the fly sometimes, and what kind of is something we really want to hit. But yeah, if yeah. you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, send it. Yeah, we'll ramble about anything. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Yep, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with questions or topic ideas. Send us an email at bellyuptotheblackboardpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at bellyuppod, on Instagram at bellyuptotheblackboardpodcast, 
and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform.